0: Very special edition of the Rough Drafts podcast. Uh, this is not a guest alliance episode. We aren't going to be guessing any gambling lines because, uh, frankly, we already did MSI gambling. Uh, lines on our last episode this is a special bonus episode that the fans have wanted from us after every year where they basically want us to go back over our prediction go back over our thoughts go back over our previews uh for this season and kind of you know pat ourselves on the back for what we got right and uh condemn ourselves for what we got wrong and i know one person that did get a bunch of stuff right and that is myself because i am your 2017 spring split Yes, the lines, champion. And you know what? Uh, I couldn't do it without my wonderful co-host, Chase Redshirt King Wassner. Chase, I think it is important that we don't have the in your handle uh, because it's quite clear you are not the Redshirt King. Because uh, you know, I'm the champion. You're not. <laughs> And uh, that's kind of the way the cookie grumbles. Somebody has to win, somebody has to lose. And I'm the winner, and it seems that you were the big loser on the spring split. So, you yeah. know, go ahead, you know, say your piece, and then let's get on to uh, get on to the actual content.
1: I mean, I might not have been great at guessing gambling lines, but we're going to talk about the predictions we did heading into the season. And most of my predictions I feel pretty good about. Um, I had a couple things that were off, and we're going to get to the things that I got wrong. But, you know, there were, most of it I, I felt like we kind of had a pretty good handle on where some of these things were going to go. I think it's more about, you know, which details we saw coming and which ones that, you know, we somehow kind of slipped our minds. And I I think that It's always good to go back and and check these things. You know, it's very easy to throw a whole bunch of predictions out there and then say like, hey, this one I got right, man, I'm so smart because I got this one thing right. We're not doing that today. We're going to go through all of it. We're going to admit to our faults. We're going to learn from it, just like I'm going to learn as we head into next season in our betting challenge. And I'm going to make myself better because that's just how this goes, man. Let's do it. Let's let's talk about...
0: I can I can almost personally guarantee that you won't be winning Summer either. Oh, okay. I can almost personally guarantee it. But enough! Enough for the gambling stuff! Oh, but for you viewers at home that did listen to the MSI uh, group stage episode and got kind of the odds and, and that sort of thing, Uh, yep, I, I placed money on both Flash Rolls and World Elite to win. Because, you know what? I'm up a lot of money uh, on the season. So I know you're shaking your head, but you know what? On the off chance that it happens, eh, whatever. If not, eh. It was like five bucks who cares that being said uh talking about uh not caring about anything uh we're gonna start with the first team well the last team technically uh they were the team that chase ranked 10th on his uh on his preseason predictions uh and we're gonna go listen to uh to what you had to say about them back when we did our preview of orhien roster out of the 20 teams, even though we haven't talked about some of them yet. This is the worst yes. roster out of the 20 teams, right?
1: Yes. Okay. I don't I don't think it's particularly up for debate. I have never heard a consensus from analysts, both in front of the camera and behind the scenes on a team, ever. And, and maybe that's scary. For some people, they're going to hear that and go, when everyone thinks one way, it almost always balances out. And if you're an Origin fan... That's got to be the hope that you cling to, though. If you're an Origin fan, why? I don't know which of these five play. Yeah, why? Like, why? Which why? of the five guys? Let's let's go over one.
0: So Chase, you said that they were possibly the worst roster in the West. You did an article uh, a couple of weeks ago where you talked about the worst teams in LCS history. I think you nailed the prediction, but it, I don't know. Was there another phrase that you should have used to actually? Uh, to actually really hammer home the incompetence that we got from the Orion roster.
1: I I mean I, I said it at the time. Every individual on this team is terrible. I, I mean it was one of those things where like I specifically said Hiva looks like a disaster. Satorius has been terrible even in challenger play. Like this was a roster that was never built to be good. And I know there were a lot of Origin fans at the time who were very really mad at us for saying that. You go back and look at the video, there are a lot of dislikes on that. But like this is who they are and this is who they've revealed themselves to be and now they're not really a team and now they're going to potentially play in the challenger series if xpeke isn't smart enough to at least sell by this point so yeah i mean i i think i nailed that one i feel confident in saying they were the worst roster in the west this year i think they're probably the second worst team of all time I, i think that they didn't Siphon off their players specifically to make their team worse towards the end of the split to boost a challenger team that then would also fail. To qualify. They
0: actually so, upgraded one of their players. They tr- yeah. attempted to upgrade wisdom for synchro, so and they upgraded hybrid yeah. for peke. So
1: the fact they tried. that they even tried <laughs> was something, and uh, not a lot, but it was literally something. So sorry, Origin fans, it didn't work out. But I'm not gonna pretend to be surprised by that.
0: Well, something else that didn't work out um, was a member of your ninth-ranked team in the preseason, and they ended up being ninth. They also were relegated. Uh, Giants Gaming and their top laner, Flakshish, who, who I was kind of in love with. Uh, let, let's go back. Chase, you obviously knew better than me, so let's allow you this one slight victory.
1: No interest or care towards Flakshish. I'm it's not fine. that he's bad. I think he's a Mendoza line. I,
0: I watched a lot of NA Challenger series last split. He was the guy that was almost single-handedly carrying Nova into a top-four finish and into the playoffs. Sure. I, I understand he's been around forever. We know who he is. I, I think he turned it up a notch in the summer. I think that he's not the guy that you should be pointing to when you're looking at this roster and going, I don't understand any of these changes. He shouldn't be the first change that you look at and go, Flaxshish, why is he on this team? I think Memento compared to Maxilor is a bigger question mark for me. Maxilor- good- so, Chase, obviously you were uh, you were on the Flaxshish hate train. Um, you didn't watch him in Challenger <laughs> scene, which was probably for the best because uh, you didn't hype him up and uh, he, he didn't. He didn't really meet my expectations. So, what what caused him to fall flat? What was really kind of the the, the skills that he was missing to be successful in the LCS?
1: Well, I mean, first of all, like what, what, his opportunities to be successful were limited. I, I think that you're looking at a bot lane that wasn't going to draw any attention to that side of the map, so people could throw a lot of attention his way. I think, in general, his champion pool was not deep enough to handle some of the LCS stage. I, I allow it. Think... Yeah, but the allowee didn't work, and that's the problem, is that he was trying to force like pocket picks because he wasn't comfortable in the meta, but you've got to be able to play the meta, and he, and he couldn't. You know, luckily for them, you know, Memento played well. I, I thought that overall he had a, had a decent split. I, I think he did a great job of, you know, stealing neutral objectives uh, quite a bit. You know, their, their ratios on that thing was better than you would expect, but this team was going to live or die by how good Knight was going to be, and unfortunately night was not very good so we're gonna say good night to giants gaming as they go off into the sunset and do whatever it is they're gonna do attempt I... to
0: re-qualify for the Chale- for the lcs through the challenger series as sure. a, their owner said in an interview with a at some spanish esports site
1: so sure good luck have fun we'll see giants i mean
0: they've done it before we'll see well speaking of fun Last year in North, last summer in North America, we had a team in Phoenix one that had a, a rough early split, and then towards the end they turned it on and they built up all this momentum going into the end of the year, and that momentum carried over into the spring. They were very successful in the spring. So Chase Rocket, yes, you had them uh, at the at the curb. They were in the dustbin. They were ready to go. You were ready to hop off. You're ready to take your summer split off and mourn their death. Uh, much like you did with cj Antis in uh, in korea you were ready to move on the ring was on the nightstand your bags were packed you had a ticket to borneo or, or laos or wherever you wanted to go and you were about to be free just free and that door shut in your face and you turn around and their Rocket is in all their glory and beat G2, snapping their 400-day undefeated streak. Chase, let's go back and listen to past Chase and what his thoughts on Rocket were
1: at the beginning of the season. Look, that's what I got. Is that is that enough? I, it has to be. Essentially, is the answer I've given myself. I think that's the answer that Rocket fans have to look at and say that. You know, if you're going to be a fan, you might as well believe in the plan. But just ask any Browns fan or 76ers fan about the plan or the process. It's not fun to go through. And unlike the NBA or the NFL, there's no number one overall draft pick that Rockette's going to get to lock in. So, exactly.
0: Welcome back to Present, Chase. So, Chase, are Rockette the man? And do they have a plan? And did that plan succeed?
1: Look, every time I think I'm out... They pull me back in. Look, I love Rocket. I love being a fan of this team. I love the run that they made. There is a plan. I I was worried about Hyarnan. I think that was a legitimate worry for the first half of the split. I thought that Faxi was going to be the key if they were going to turn things around and be good. And I think that absolutely was the case. I think it's hilarious that Rocket is the only team that has beaten G2 in a best-of series since... Basically, uh, Since in European play, yeah. I, ever. So, like, I'm going to ride that to the bank. I, I think that there is a plan. I think that Maxler leaving is a problem. And I'm very curious to see who they grab. I think the jungle in particular is a very Memento? difficult position to replace. And I, I think that Misfits were very smart to grab him when they could. So, Memento? you know, I, I, I at this point, what? Memento? I mean, that would, I mean that, that would be okay. I could get into that. like you like been on the team before.
0: I don't think. I mean, <laughs> uh, no. This well, make it a no. It's a no, Chase.
1: It's a no. You don't want. We'll, get, we'll get to cacao later. You don't cause want. Because I, I yeah, had, had some cacao. strong words about him. You did. That actually. we're going to get to pretty soon. You did. And I, uh, I might have some crow to eat on that one. Well,
0: I mean, you know. So, 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 yay, nay. They have a plan. You're still a fan. You're okay uh, with course. still being stuck in the house and absolutely what's potentially an abusive relationship.
1: Yeah, let's do it, man. I'm, I'm in. I'm in it till the end, man. Let's do it, Rockat. Set the rules. <laughs> just,
0: just do it. Just set the rules.
1: Rock-hat Chase Rocket
0: doesn't sponsor this podcast. So we don't need to be shilling their product. I, they don't either. have
1: to, man. I'll shill for like, give me a shirt. I will wear it on every episode. Rocket. Like, I mean, I do you that. Right with, now.
0: I do that with TSM, basically.
1: Yeah, so, you know.
0: absolutely. Like, like I, I said, this happened. Fly, give me a call, buddy.
1: Fly, hook me up. You know we're buddies. Come on, man. <laughs>
0: Are we just stalling because we really don't want?
1: I, I. Let's just go
0: listen to Chase from Last Split talk about Vitality.
1: He going to be this team fight, you know, perfect initiator and jungler. And then you just kind of hope that Hachani doesn't get caught out or make the mistake that allows it to be a 4v5, which Mm -hmm. would basically sink that strategy before it starts. That's not necessarily, you know, there's just so many things that you look at with this team. And it kind of reminds me of where Golden State is right now. And it's not the same (laughs) level of team the same question it's the same question that the Miami <laughs> have when they got in who is the star that this team is building around who is the primary carry who is the number one option that they're going to be pushing forward and don't tell me it depends on the meta of course it depends on the meta i'm not implying that it doesn't depend on the meta but even within the meta Teams have identities. TSM is always gonna play through Bjergsen, even in a meta where utility mid laners are all the rage, because Bjergsen is Bjergsen, and that's the guy you wanna play around. Mm-hmm. So who is the guy Vitality is playing around? Is it Cabochard, is it Nukeduck, is it Steelback? Because whichever one of the answers it is, that's going to depend on how they try to focus the rest of this roster. And as you look at the groups they're playing- So Chase, um,
0: I think you pretty much I think past Chase is a soothsayer, and he basically just hit the nail on the head of everything that possibly went wrong with Vitality. Um, is there anything you want to add? Is there anything that we think we should really focus on coming out of the split? Maybe you were slightly off on? I mean...
1: Uh, turns out the jungle position is pretty important if you want to be a good League of Legends team. Uh, I think that that was ultimately oh, that something... awful. Where... Look, he was okay, but like you have to find a way to enable your solo lanes. And unfortunately, there wasn't, they weren't giving him anything to work with. Well, I'll put it that way. I I think that they didn't have any easy openings. I, I think that I was hoping that Hachani might enough to keep Steelback going, because I think Steelback is a very good player. Obviously that didn't work out. Obviously, Hichani's positioning issues ended up proving way too difficult of a task to overcome, and AOD wasn't much better in that regard. So once their best player was neutralized and the solo laners weren't keeping up with where they needed to be... You know, Joko wasn't a guy that's going to make plays on his own and open up the map the way that, like, a, a trick would. And, and he shouldn't be expected to. He's a young jungler. I think that there's a chance for him to be successful. I think Vitality as a whole has a much better chance to be successful this split with Yamato Cannon and Vander now coming into the fold. Obviously, we've got to see what the rest of these moves are. But I I, I think that this was a team that was kind of set up to collapse down the stretch. And that's just how things went. Uh, it's unfortunate. I, I hope that they turn things around, but we've had a couple splits from Vitality where they've just been very underwhelming despite obvious talent on the roster. So they've got to prove that Yamato Cannon can come in and, and work with these guys and the solo laners are willing to buy into a system because I do not think they did uh, when it came to Irene this season.
0: You know, uh, I, we haven't seen Yamato Cannon be successful with, with really well-experienced players. And I think that... The, the clash of personality that Nuke Duck and Cabochard and Steelback and the egos they have, and the high uh, high resources that all three of them need. I don't necessarily think it's a coaching problem. I think it's a player problem. And uh, yeah, I think we're going to see a vitality again somewhere in this, you know, seven to eight, maybe relegation spot. Uh, like we have the last two splits, but now we get to Cacao. Now we get to Misfits. You had them as six in the preseason. They ended. I did. Up, they ended up a. Uh, uh not close fourth. Uh, yeah. they kinda got schooled by uh by uh Unicorn's love and by Fnatic. Um but cacao cacao is sort of the centerpiece of all of our discussions in the preseason. So let's go back and, and listen to what you had to say about cacao. Wonderful. Oh one of the best is the greatest emote of all time and I, I'm kinda of disappointed it sort of disappeared. But Big Butt, he's not been very good the last two years. No has he, he
1: chased. There are a lot of people that are like, "Man, I miss watching Cacao." I, you know, I hear that opinion all the time. You're far from the only one, and my only response has been, "Be careful what you wish for, because you just might get it." And <sighs> we're going to get Cacao in the LCS, and I hope people are excited about that because when you see him play, uh, you won't be. Uh, we, the, the stats from the LSPL are abysmal. Uh, first of all, you would imagine a player of Cacao's ability uh, from what we saw in, in 2014. And even during his time in Invictus, he wasn't great in 2015 with Invictus. That uh, Skarner game will forever haunt my memories as someone who was rooting for that team in that tournament. So Chase, I I don't think Cacao was awful. I think he was I think he was solid. I mean, the the
0: the, <laughs> the, the pundits thought he was good enough to get an All Pro spot and leave. I was
1: uh, I was gonna say yeah. It turns out Xerxy uh,
0: off, but you know that's that's a whole other kettle of fish that we won't get into. But where were you wrong? Like, how, why was Kakao marginally successful?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, he's more than marginally successful. He had a very good season. I mean, even if you don't put him in the top three, and I personally did not, like, he was clearly fourth. I thought he played well. I thought his, his roams were much better. I, I think the fact that he learned how to play a champion like Ivern certainly helped. You know, one of the things I was very worried about is that he's like, oh, he only has... That one aggressive mode, and he clearly had a much more supportive role on this team than I think we would have expected. He was much more of an enabler rather than a pure playmaker on his own, uh, which I thought was really important. Uh, I, I do think it's worth remembering that I would have been 100% on this prediction, uh, sixth, be, you know, being where they would have ultimately ended up if Splice just takes care of business when they're ahead to nothing in that series. So I don't think I was wildly off. I think that you know i i absolutely called power of evil as a change of scenery guy i thought he had an amazing split i thought he should have been the first team all pro mid laner so i I don't feel like i was wildly off with them i i will say i love the fact that they were not satisfied with this split and they said so in their press release they're getting max or dropping cacao because quote fourth isn't good enough for us and that's awesome i love seeing that from an org i love orgs that are going to challenge themselves in that way uh they should expect more from themselves and i certainly am going to expect more of them moving forward than i did this split but it was they were very close to not being you know to to making me look like uh like a genius and unfortunately uh splice man we'll we'll get to them but uh
0: do you think that Cacao was mostly the problem in their losses? Because I do. I subscribe to the belief that when they lost, it was because Kakao was sort of meandering around and wasn't able to put an impact on the map.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that Misfit said it best when it comes down to communication. And it's like, yeah, Kakao is a good player, but if he can't communicate effectively with the rest of the team and let them know what he's doing, well, guess what? That's not going to end very well. Uh, that's just going to clearly be a problem that, that haunted them quite a bit. So, I... I get the sense that, you know, he's a, a talented enough player that if he could communicate effectively, he would have been able to figure it out. But, I mean, that's why you got to put all your your heart and and, and attention into those English lessons. And I guess they weren't impressed with how he was coming along. So, it'll be sure. interesting to see what he does next. I, I think that he's uh, Longju.
0: I think he's oh. a perfect fit for Longju.
1: Oh no. Okay. In terms of
0: Longju, likes to go get just like. Known quantities and not actually try to build their own talent. Yeah, I think. Longer. Yeah,
1: just flood a the card. roster with talent, and yeah, it will work out. There you go. Right? Ta- talent always figures it out.
0: Uh, <sighs> moving on, a- another player that I kind of missed the mark on, and you were you were pretty spot on. Uh, Fabivan and H2K. So let's let's go back in time and, and let's hear the wise sage words of Redshirt King.
1: Well, that we'll never quite know. We won't know why da- uh, Daylor left, or or everything that ended up going wrong, but. If ever there's a case that Change of Scenery guy is is, is ready to go, it's with Forbivin. This is a guy who has been consistently very good, even at his worst, and he has had streaks of greatness during his time at H2K. I, I, I mean, during his time at Fnatic. and season five world showed how good he can be he has proven himself at an international level before so we know the that msi he the msi beforehand soul killing faker yeah. like i'm on board with that he, just... he's made incredible plays and the guy sure maybe you could say it wasn't his best split last split but it certainly wasn't a poor one and it's hard to expect him to have done much better than that given the state that Fanatic was in. So now you're putting them with an organization that has been incredibly solid, that just proved that they can put these pieces together and make a real run at Worlds, making it all the way to the semifinals. Say what you will about the group, say what you will about Albus Knox. They still made it to the semifinals at Worlds. There are only three other teams that did that. So, there you go on that end. They, they, they have... You know, if you're looking at how you know what kind of piece do you want to add to a core? Well, why don't we add a guy who knows how to make plays and who has experience uh, being a primary carry at his time at Fnatic, being a secondary carry during his time at Fnatic, depending on which iteration of the roster that he was, you know, that was going on at that time. There's some versatility that he brings, and it's just it's so nice when you have a meta in which getting Ganks into the mid lane is so important, to as far as setting up the mid laners for how they're going to play for the rest of the game. Well, man, if only they had the best p- ganker in the entirety of the region, you know, this first blood king over there who could set him up and put him in a place to succeed. I like the the pairing of Fabivan with Yanko so much. Uh, so Chase, yeah, I was wrong.
0: I mean, yeah, you were. I wasn't. I wasn't wrong in terms of I thought he was going to play bad, but I,
1: I, I, I was You're wrong. That was how I was wrong. I, but I
0: wasn't. Yeah. He's not. He's not like fun to watch. He's not. He's like watching reckless. Like he doesn't make plays.
1: I, yeah. I'm going to disagree with you strongly on that one. He's got That's a fair. massively deep champion pool. I, I think he showed like his Syndra was great. His Ryze was very strong when he got to play it. His LeBlanc was very good in the three games in which he played that in the regular season. Um, it's it's a very weird case when you talk about H two K because technically I'm correct in this prediction. I said they were going to be fifth and sixth, and they you got are. fifth. So you are correct. I mean that's that's kind of you know funny in that sense because I should have been wrong in the regular season. H two K was a much better team than I expected, mostly because that bot lane was a lot better than I expected. Yes. I had big problems with how nuclear and Che stylistically were going to mesh, and I was wrong in that. I think they played very well as a unit. I think they actually carried a lot of the early stuff while the team was getting used to each other, and then things kind of turned on from there. Yankos is still Yankos, and Odowamne's is consistently very good uh, with moments of greatness sprinkled through. So it's one of those things where I'm, I'm not sure how proud I am that I ended up being right on this, if they understood how to handle Fnatic's kind of off, uh, off-brand picks you would imagine that they get a lot farther. But I mean, this is just where we are with them. Uh, They have a system and that machine knows how to run. But as soon as they encounter an error, they haven't found a way to to bounce back. And I think that's something that H2K is going to have to spend a lot of time this offseason kind of asking, well, what is it that's consistently holding us back in that regard? And, you know, I'm not ready to say that we should take Uh, a look at Prawley, because the guy ended up getting coach of the split this split, which is kind of funny given how the playoffs rolled around, but still very good regular season. He deserves credit for that. But this is a team that should be performing in the playoffs better than they have been, and I could say that almost every split. Like, this is a team that on paper should be better than they end up being. They ended up fourth at Worlds. Yeah, I well a okay. third fourth the world well, that's like, fair but I, that was again um, it was a different roster but still yeah he, no that's fair no he deserves credit for that I just I have been underwhelmed with the way that they have performed in regional play when the playoffs roll around but you know what I I hope you know like I said you guys have a lot of film you can go back over and find the little holes that held you back I think they're certainly capable of it I just I, I gotta see it obviously. So let's, let's see how they do this one.
0: Well, you know, something else you have to see, uh, uh, Chase is kind of a, like I said earlier, he's kind of a soothsayer and he (laughs) nitpicked Nico the Pico into oblivion on our preview episodes. Let's go back and see what he had to say about him and see whether those things translated into the future.
1: Just a lot of question marks. I have question marks about Nico the Pico and, and how he's going to be able to handle coaching for a full split because we've really only seen him in an interim role and that didn't go very well. Uh, It's going to be very interesting to see whether the changes that they made are are going to be changes that allow them to rise to the occasion and just remind us once again that Fnatic has this crazy infrastructure across all of their games that make them repeatedly competitive, or if this is going to be something that we look at much like the split in which Reckless left to Alliance, where we say, I, they're, they're not, think something's not quite right. It's not quite there yet. And they'll have to figure that out so that they're ready when the summer rolls around and it's really going to be do or die time. Mm-hmm.
0: So Chase, did those things translate into the future? Because if I look around, I don't see Nico the Pico anywhere.
1: <laughs> yeah, it turns out that the guy who had very little experience as an interim coach that didn't look particularly impressive was a guy that didn't look particularly impressive when first into a full-time role. And, I, you know, I understand the idea behind it, you know, right? This is, you know, he's following Daylor. He's a guy who worked directly under him, uh, someone that, you know, you would think would have learned some lessons from that. I, I think, unfortunately, his biggest problem is that he didn't have a good understanding of how to use his team's strengths yeah. rather than just the overall meta strengths. I, I think that those are different things, and I think... You know, while you have to be able to play the meta, there are certain ways you can play the meta that more fit where the team's role is. And they just kept trying to run everything through caps. Uh, Amazing did look lost. I was very worried about him. Uh, And that was another guy that wasn't on the team by the end of the split. I think the key is that at the end of the day, I trusted the Fnatic system. It's why I had them at fourth and they ended up getting third. And it was because I trusted that when push came to shove, they would make whatever changes they needed to make. And that's exactly what they did. Um, I I think that Quay was exactly the guy they needed at that time. I'm not sure I would run it back. I think that he's, you know, I I think he's done a very good job of listening to the players in terms of their pick and ban. But I don't know how much influence he's had on that coaching side. But at the same time they took care of business. They did fanatic things. They knew what they needed to do and they got it done. And, you know, at some point we have to just accept that fanatic may, you know, they're not, the fanatic system may not be as strong as it once was, but they do understand esports. They have been in this business long enough that they do know when to pull the plug. Uh, I'm just waiting for them to realize this about Soaz and to grab kick as well. they still can, because I am very nervous that they're going to let him go and he's gonna go off to some other team, and end up being really good. I can't wait for that to happen
0: because I, I can't wait for him to really show up on Rocket. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be. He's gonna oh. be absolutely fantastic top laner. Uh, speaking of fantastic top laners, yes. Visachci, the yes. MVP of the league. I I I know I know the unicorns of love listen. You know people from the unicorns of love listen to our podcast sometimes, and I don't want them to take this the wrong way. Vizarchi deserved an deserves an MVP award. Like he deserved it. He played his heart out. He was a very very good player, um, but it almost felt like nobody wanted to vote for Trick. That they've already given to it, given it to him twice. They don't really want to give it to him. But let's go back, Chase. You have you have we've finally have seen the light of what this unicorns love system is. So let's go back and, and let's learn what this unicorns love system is. Um.
1: You know, I see a player who is, is very good, by the way, a second-team All-Pro player, um, the only one on the Unicorns of Love to get an All-Pro nomination. But I also see a guy who is a leader of this team. He and Hillisang, you can see, in between games, every time they lose a game, all eyes shift to them and Sheepy. The three of them are this kind of cornerstone around which a system is built, around which every player needs to just buy in and say... We are the unicorns of love. Our colors are ridiculous. Our fans are mildly insane. And we love everything about this. And that's what they do every year. And because of that, they get the insanely passionate fans that they absolutely deserve. They get the crazy guy with the, the unicorn head and the ripped abs. You get a coach that if nothing else has proven to be incredibly adept at both scouting and player development. And you have this Visitchachi Hillasang Sheepy trio that t- t- leads me to say, I don't care what new pieces come into the system. You know, whatever doubts I have about Xerxes, they're not anywhere near as high of a confidence as I have because the Unicorns of Love managed to start in one season Gilius, uh, Diamond Prox. Uh, no, sorry, is that Gilius and Diamond Prox in the same season. It was Diamond Prox. Joko, Rudy, and Lulex in the same split within weeks of each other, and all of them looked good, and they made it to the playoffs. That is bonkers. In an 18-game season back then, that is insane. I'm not falling for it anymore. You're a well-run team, Unicorns of Love. You're an organization that somehow finds a way to make up for the fact that you don't have money by inspiring loyalty within your crew, within your fan base, within your players, within your staff. Everyone buys in. And as long as people continue to buy in, this team is going to continue to be successful. And the magic dies, it's just like a fairy in Peter Pan. As soon as they stop believing in the magic, that's when it dies. As soon as people stop clapping for Tinkerbell, that's when she's gonna fall apart. And I have no idea who in the LCS is gonna stop cheering for Tinkerbell right now because this team's magic doesn't look like it's running out of- So Chase, Unicorns Love System, I think it created an
0: absolute stud. Of a superstar this year in Zairexie, so yeah. so my question to you is: Is this a system thing? Is it? It's the it's the Brady Belichick thing. Like, is it the player or is it the system that made him such a standout
1: performer? Uh, the answer to that is yes. I mean, <laughs> I think that. Unicorns of love, you know, I said before, like, they can't keep getting away with it. And you're like, yes, they can. And I'm like, you're right. They absolutely can. It's what they always do. You can have this revolving door as the jungle position, one of the most important positions to have consistency out of. And they just keep finding that next guy up. And and Xerxes was a, a brilliant find, a guy who couldn't even get a tryout for Origin. Shout out for ex-Peke's talent scouting, by the way. But the guy just filled in exactly what they needed and i think that you have to have a certain mentality to be a member of the unicorns of love and this team came together and they they acted exactly like that almost family unit that we constantly talk about when we talk about teams you know embracing the rainbow and you know you see now they've got that uh, great video they're getting ready for the korean boot camp where they're like pretending to row yeah. in the airport i f- loved it absolutely loved it. I love the entire energy that they're bringing there. I I wish they were scrimming someone better than the Rocks Tigers because I don't think the Rocks Tigers are a great team, but you know what? You get the scrims that you can get and this is kinda what we know all Korean boot camps to be, so I'm, I'm at least glad that they have actual Korean scrims lined up and I'm looking forward to seeing what they can learn from it. I'm looking forward to seeing how this comes together because I think they have a lot of pieces but there's clearly this one last hump that they can't get over, and they've got to find a way to make that happen.
0: Yeah, it, it would not be great if they uh, if if they went to Korea and were just scrimming Fnatic in Korea. Like that would be pretty. That'd be pretty awful. That'd be a pretty uh, poor use of money. Um, Chase. Yes. Our, our next team. This was the team that <sighs> we had the most trouble with. Um, Splice. And, uh, and and we brought up Yamato Cannon earlier when we talked about vitality, but you had some strong words about Yamato Cannon uh, in the preseason episode. So so let's go back and let's listen to that.
1: About whether he is the right coach for the kind of job that they're now looking at. It's going to require him to change his mentality and accept, like, look, the things that I'm very good at teaching, the players already know. So now ch- I need to be growing with them and understanding how – you know teams are going to be gunning for us every week because now we're seen as a top team so we're the ones with targets on our backs we have to be ready for everything the league's going to go throw at us we've got to have you know our scouting on a week to week basis has to be as sharp as possible yeah. and we have to be prepared for what happens if copy does take a step back or if wonder isn't able to be as dominant as he was last split or meta changes and how that's going to affect Semcux's champion pool these are very different problems than the problems that he's proven to be able to solve so far. And while he certainly has the ability to do it, and Splice is in as good a position as anybody to do it, it still needs to be something that we we talk about, because it's something that historically, Yamato Cannon has not been the most successful at. But this is his chance to prove it, and if he does, Splice is going to be a dominant team once again. That's why he's my ex
0: So Chase... Obviously, I I think we both think that getting rid of Yamato Cannon is is the right move here. That's that he has a very limited upside. That he's kind of you know baby's first pro coach. Um, he's there to like get your organization prepared, get your players prepared. Of like, okay, this is how the LCS works. Do you put most of the fault for Splice's sort of lack of success on Yamato Cannon? Like, does he have to take the brunt of it, or or should it be kind of more evenly distributed around the entire team?
1: Well, I mean, it's it's never just the coach. Um, right. I think that there's a, a very, uh, you know, I think LS put it uh, correct one uh, during a stream like way back in the day. Where was like, you know, pick and ban and all those things amounts to about 20% of the game, mm-hmm. which is a significant percentage, right? That's a lot for one individual to have, but the team has to do the other 80. And I think, unfortunately, uh, my fears that Splice would be exploitable now that people had more film on them, that they'd seen a lot more games and they understood how this system would work, I, I think absolutely ended up proving to be the case. I think Trashy in particular just was lost for a lot of the split. Uh, Just clearly not comfortable on a lot of the things that were in the meta. But at the end of the day, like Yamato Cannon, you look at the way they performed in that quarterfinal series, they were 2-0 ahead. Everything was going great. And they just stuck to this failing Cannon pick and they wasn't willing to audible, he wasn't willing to adjust to what he was seeing from misfits and, and what they needed to do. And I think that that's a problem. I think it's a problem that he wasn't able to find new ways to try to get Trashy going during the beginning of the split where he was so out of place. I think it's a problem that you know, Senkux it looked like took a step back in a lot of ways this season. I think Wonder is still really good, but he wasn't the guy to run your system through this split. It wasn't the meta to necessarily run everything through that top lane position. You needed your mid lane going, you needed your jungler going, and they didn't have those tools. And so I'm very curious to see what Splice does, whether they look to make any roster changes. You know, I we've obviously talked to Marty in the past, and, and I know He feels very strongly that making roster moves is not necessarily going to change anything compared to building up actual team chemistry and understanding uh, how best to do some of these things. Right. I I think that that's certainly something that they're going to have to take into account uh, and and figure out, like, what's the the ultimate value there's going to be. But I do think that getting a new coach that can maybe have a a new perspective on these players and help bring out something new in their play rather than just kind of, you know, doing the same old thing that we saw from Splice's split before, just not quite as good. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to help, and I think that will ultimately lead to improvements there. But, I mean, I'll put it this way. It's telling that I only talked about two coaches on uh, on these preview episodes, and both of them are no longer in the league. So, Well, uh, Yamato Cannon's still in the league. Yamato, see, yeah, he's in Vitality. He's, just he's not, on, on a he's different fine. team. He's <laughs> absolutely fine. Yamato Cannon's career is going to be just fine. It's not really uh, a, a damning statement about him. I think it's just that was a system that we saw maybe he wasn't the right fit for anymore. And I think that both parties are understanding that it was time to move on. And I I wish him nothing but the best of luck uh, with Vitality, because I think hopefully that'll be a better system for him. It'll be they they need a lot of the basics established because they clearly did not have them this season. So I can get behind that. No problem.
0: Absolutely. And finally, to round things up, with probably the most the most obvious like sure thing pick that you can do in League of Legends esports, other than like maybe Flash Wolves or SKT winning their region, uh, G two and Chase, you said in the preseason that it's all going to come down to Trick. Mm. So let's take a listen,
1: and that's going to be the key because for this team to succeed, for this team to have a chance to really pull off that historic three-peat, he has got to be able to be as huge of the the leader of the team in just shot-calling and mentally understanding how to pick apart their opponent's weaknesses as he was when he dominated uh, with these last two splits. And it's going to get harder and harder as people get more and more film on G2 and as more and more different junglers come in from across the world. And I can't wait to see how he rises to that occasion because that's going to be... Very fun to watch. Uh, again, a very talented, methodical, uh, mental player just do his thing.
0: So Chase uh, Trick uh, did did not have an MVP caliber season. Apparently, um, do you agree that G two was less successful this split because Trick was not an MVP candidate? Trick would have been the MVP if they beat Rock Hat. I'm putting it down in stone. That is the reason he wasn't the MVP. Tell me, everyone. Uh,
1: yeah, you're wrong. I mean, look, I thought Trick had a great year. I voted, for, I would have voted for him for the MVP if I had a ballot. Must, riots must have gone lost in the mail, but don't yeah, worry. I put it lost. up on Unicorn. So, you know, they hopefully saw it and, and just counted my vote in that way. But, uh, but yeah, no, I, I think that. Trick did exactly what we expect a guy like Trick to do. I I thought that their jungle control percentage was insane. 56.2% in the regular season? Mm -hmm. That's absurd. That's absolutely bonkers, especially given the sample size of those particular games. So I I think he did everything that they needed him to do. I thought Expect got better Mm -hmm. with his usage of globals. I thought the perks played well. I mean, I I didn't have him personally on my all-pro list. I had him as my fourth guy, but... I think that you know he got the first team award, and I don't think it was, you know, unreasonable to give that his way. I, I thought that, you know, he's he's certainly a guy who can make plays for that team, and, and someone who, you know, was the MVP of IEM Katowice at that event too. Like he had experience, he he succeeded on an international level, which is something we have not seen before. Even if the you know we can argue back and forth over the quality of teams in that tournament, yeah. but I mean. G2 are who we thought they were. They're the champs. They're really good at League of Legends. They have a great understanding of that 20 to 40 minute mark and and knowing how to take advantage of those situations. I think that they still have some lessons that they're going to need to learn if they want to succeed on an international stage. I think that it's going to be very curious to see how they perform at MSI because there are clear issues that need to be worked through. But I think that this is a very talented team. I, I certainly think they are capable of powering through and and getting all of that stuff taken care of. So I'm I'm just very curious to see what comes next for them. I I think that it should be a very interesting team to continue to follow, but the important thing is I I stuck to my guns. I knew they were going to get it and they did. So shout out to G2, but also shout out to me cuz I don't I didn't have a single prediction on here that was egregiously Splice. wrong other than Splice. Splice. That was, the, was one. the one. That's fine. And, uh, and, and That's just, the... to, just to break the fourth wall here a
0: little bit, folks, uh, we recorded this after G2 versus SKT in the opening match of MSI, and uh, it, it didn't look good. We'll just put it that way. No spoilerino, but it didn't, it didn't look great.
1: They tried, man. The other game went all right.
0: It went better than I expected from them. Listen, they this were... is the problem with modern society. We're giving trophies to people who just participate in things. That's not reality. That's not how it works in the real world. They shouldn't be getting a free vacation in Brazil just because they're participating in a tournament. They should win that damn thing. They should have to pay for their hotels. They should have to. Am I am I full, full Thorin yet? Can, have I gotten full Thorin yet? Can I start asking for the mad Skrilla?
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You need to get a better coat for it though. Like you really I need, need to step up your uh... I do
0: have a puff daddy coat around here somewhere. Maybe yeah. I have to maybe I have to start start working. It. It's too hot in this attic. Anyways, that has been our 2017 spring split European LCS recap show. Like Chase said, only one prediction that was kind of uh, egregious, and even that—I don't think it was terribly egregious. Like a little underperformance, little variance across the board. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think we—if you told preseason Walter and Chase, "Hey, this is what your rankings are going to look like," we'd both be like, "Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. all right. Like,
1: I can live with that. I can live with one that's you know four spots away from where
0: they're supposed to be. I can dig it."
1: Yeah. Can you and dig and, it? and for the record, it would have been a lot closer had they just won a game after they were up 2-0 against Misfits. Yes, I'm still bitter about that series. Stupid series. Dumb,
0: you know, stupid series. You know, it, it couldn't only be Splice, you know, fails after being so far ahead. You got the Atlanta Falcons that failed when they were up by 35 How points. Dare I you. just mean... How dare you? I mean, it's just been a year of, like, massive leads kind of just falling apart if you just look across the spectrum. Uh, but that's been a podcast. I've tilted Chase off the planet. Uh, You can find Chase where on Twitter?
1: Uh, if you'd like to submit your application to be my new co-host, you can submit it at, at RedShirtKing. I, I am uh, <laughs> looking for, it, it, all you have to do is promise me you'll never bring up the Atlanta Falcons loss on uh, the podcast. So the bar is low, but uh, I definitely love hearing uh, everything you guys have to say. I read every comment in the comment section. I'd love to hear you know what predictions you guys think were going to pan out that just didn't work out and what can we learn from this right i mean the the key here is not just to to see what we got right and wrong but to understand how we should alter our predictions going into next split and i think that the couple teams on which i was off i think i learned something so i'm very curious to see how that goes like i said add Richard king talk to me fam let's do this
0: well and you guys can find me at walt uh at cad's underscore lol i'm walter fed That's not my Twitter handle. It's at CEDs underscore LOL. And like Chase said, we love to hear from you guys. So kind of to summarize the end of the spring as we're sort of transitioning through MSI and into our summer previews, which will start on May 21st, that is the finals of MSI, we also put together a little survey for our listeners because we want to get some feedback from you guys. We want to find out what stuff you like, what stuff you don't like. If you would like to see us do some additional content, I know later on, we have uh, an episode where we're going to talk about Gardens of the Galaxy 2. It's going to be full of spoilers, so you'll probably have a couple of days before that goes up, so go watch the movie, then come watch the video. We've done a couple of other things. We've done a Hearthstone podcast with my brother. We did a, a viewing of, uh, we did uh, the Logan we did a review of, Doctor Strange we talked about. like We have all these tangents that we go on, so if you guys want to see any of that stuff, let us know on the survey. It's going to be down in both the video and the SoundCloud descriptions will pin it on our Twitter page. And it'll also, I'll put an annotation over here some way. So please fill it out. Let us know what you guys think so we can do better uh, in the 2017 summer split. Because we have a whole other half of the year to go, folks. Oh, yeah. We've got another 9, 10, 16, whoever knows how many weeks Europe decides they want. <laughs> so come back on the 21st for our European summer previews. And until then... Taking all the other content we're going to be doing for MSI and that Guardians of the Galaxy review.
1: And until next time... Uh, It, it seems like uh, these positions have been positions they've shifted forever and ever, and it's never caught up to them. And at some point, you have to feel like it does, right? Yeah. You can't just keep getting away with it? Um, we could just try to push mid and keep it pushed in. Uh, we should just do... Oh, Dragon. I can take Dragon. Let's go. I oh. take Dragon. Hey, I'm nice, on a
0: killing nice, spree. Nice. Um, crap, I'm probably dead, guys. I'm this. dead, I'm dead.
1: Help. I'm trying. I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. Man. Crap.
0: You got it, you got it, Chase. Quadra kill. Alright, go get the dragon. Oh, Twisted Fate, Twisted Fate. I he can see you. I believe.
1: Can I kill him? Oh, crap, <laughs>
0: Holy shit, dude.
1: That's my first penta ever against someone that's not the AI. You can't just keep getting away with it. Goodbye, internet.
0: Hey there, Cades here. Thanks for checking out the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, consider supporting us at www.patreon.com backslash roughdraftspod. For just a dollar a month, you can join your fellow listeners in our patron-only Discord channel and help keep the content coming, or join our VIP club where a dollar a show or eight bucks a month gets you first priority on all patron content like our patron-only Q&As. And check us out on all of our social media, Twitter, at Rough Drafts Pod, Facebook.com backslash Rough Drafts Pod, SoundCloud.com backslash Esports Rough Drafts, as well as on iTunes and YouTube by just searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.